Hello friends, this is the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. We are in 1 Kings still, and we're looking at the life of Solomon, and this is the famous visit of the Queen of Sheba. And Jesus does talk about this in his ministry. He uses this as a comparison to how the people in his day were not responding well to his uh, ministry. He says, you know, the Queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon in the days of Solomon. Something greater than Solomon is here, and you're not accepting it. And so this is a good thing that the Queen of Sheba is going to come to visit, but it's going to also be mixed with trouble, as we've been kind of looking at trying to read the scripture as well as read uh, and hear clearly what's not being directly said, but what's being communicated nevertheless in the story. So Queen of Sheba, chapter 10, verse 1. Now when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, the attendance of his servants, their clothing, their cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. All right, so remember, way back in the day when God chose Abraham, he said that all the nations would be blessed through Abraham and his seed. And so we have a partial fulfillment of that happening here where the queen of a nation is coming to the high king that the Lord has established and who has built the temple of the Lord, and she is being blessed by seeing the blessings of God and hearing the wisdom of God and obviously she sees that it is the Lord doing these things and so this is a partial fulfillment of that promise to Abraham that he gave uh, centuries and centuries beforehand that the nations would be blessed through the offspring of Abraham and this is happening through Abraham's offspring Solomon and particularly it's like a governmental thing she comes as the head of a government she sees how well ordered and prosperous the Jerusalem government is and she's ready to faint verse 6 and she said to the king the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it and behold half was not told me your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard happy are your men Happy are your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. And blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, he has made you king that you may execute justice and righteousness. So this is again that fulfillment of Abraham's where um, the Queen of Sheba has come and she sees the goodness of God through the blessings of God coming in the time of Solomon. And this is, I think, part of connecting with Deuteronomy, where God says, you know, if you worship me and are faithful to me, I'll bless you. You'll be the head, not the tail. The nations will come and bow down to you. You won't bow down to the nations. And so this is a part of the fulfillment of God's faithfulness to his word. Excuse me. That... Um, the nations are seeing God in the blessings that are on Israel. And so the Queen of Sheba comes and she is, I don't know if she's getting converted to the Lord, but she's definitely giving the Lord his glory for all that he has built in Israel. Verse 10, Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. 
Verse 11, Moreover, the fleet of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought from Ophir a very great amount of almond wood and precious stones, and the king made of the almond wood supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house. So that's good and not good. You know, he's, he's honoring himself and the Lord at the same time. Also, lyres and harps for the singers. No such almond wood has come or been seen to this day. So again, there's prosperity here, but remember, we're in the decline stage of Solomon's reign, and so we're supposed to be looking for weird stuff. And the fact that you have uh, these tales of how much gold are coming into Solomon's reign should start twigging us a little bit. If you remember from last time, we read that the kings of Israel were actually forbidden from amassing amounts of gold and silver for themselves, uh, most likely because it would cause them to be confident in their wealth instead of in the Lord and having the fear of the Lord they could actually have their own self-sufficiency so um, it looks like this is happening verse 13 and King Solomon gave to the Queen of Sheba all that she desired whatever she asked besides that was given her by the bounty of King Solomon she turned and went back to her own land with her servants Okay, so there's been this exchange. This was very common among uh, kings and queens as they interact with each other is that they would kind of outdo each other in giving gifts and whoever could give the most gifts was would be the greater of the kings. Verse 14, now the weight of gold, oh, here we go again, that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold. And besides that, so talents, you know, a regular fixed weights like a box of gold coins or something. Besides that which came in from the explorers and from the business of the merchants and from all the kings of the west and from the governors of the land. So uh, there's that much gold plus the trade plus the taxes from other nations that Solomon would be uh, holding his imperial uh, rule over. Verse 16, King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went into each shield, and he made 300 shields of beaten gold, three minas of gold went into each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon, which is his uh, governmental throne room, I think. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with the finest gold. The so throne was six steps, and the throne had a round top, and on each side of the seat were armrests and two lions standing beside the armrests while 12 lines stood there one on each end of a step on the six steps like it was never made in any kingdom all king solomon's drinking vessels were of gold and all the vessels of the house of the force of lebanon were pure gold and none were of silver silver was not considered as anything in the days of solomon for the f king had a fleet of ships of tarshish at sea with the fleet of hiram Every three years, that's a long time, the fleet of ships of Tarshish used to come bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So he's doing lots of long-distance trade, which kind of reminds me of like the Spanish kings in the Age of Discovery when they came out and discovered, quote-unquote, North America. But this is a sign of Solomon really becoming a great king in earthly terms, um, he's covering everything with gold, which he's not supposed to be amassing for himself. He makes himself this opulent throne room, which probably rivals the Holy of Holies in some ways. There's the two cherubim inside the Holy of Holies. Well, he's got this throne with all these gold, this ivory throne covered in gold with all these lions everywhere. Um, and he's got this great imperial trading 
fleet that's out there bringing apes and peacocks and all this stuff and so this is again a sign of greatness a sign of blessing but a sign of that blessing being expressed too much in worldly terms and uh, so it's it's not helping verse 23 thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom so that's eh, you're just like it, it before it used to be wisdom now it's riches and wisdom so there's that mix and the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. Every one of them brought his present, articles of silver and gold and garments, myrrh, spices, horses, mules, so much year by year. So, again, that there's this blessing that's happening. The world is being blessed by God's blessing on Solomon. The kings of the earth are coming to hear from the Lord to Solomon. So this is a high point in Israel's influence in um the glory of the Lord coming to the nations through Solomon's wisdom, but it's also becoming more and more worldly as they interact with the world and become um, an empire. Verse 26, And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. Uh-oh, remember forbidden from doing this in Deuteronomy? He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone, and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of Shephelah. And Solomon's import of horses were from Egypt, uh-oh, and Q. And the king's traders received them from Q at a price. A chariot could be imported from Egypt at 600 shekels of silver and a horse from for 1,500, or sorry, 150. And so through the king's traders, they were exported to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. So again, um, this is these are signs of like monopoly, business monopoly. Now, excuse me, Solomon has been forbidden from amassing all these horses he's also been forbidden from returning to egypt for this kind of stuff but he's doing it anyways and he's got a monopoly on trade so that all the trade from egypt and q or q um, is going through him to other people so so in one sense they're coming to him to hear his wisdom in another sense he's uh making sure he makes a tidy profit off of the nations around him by being a monopolist in business and so it's kind of a mixed bag and that's what you're supposed to hear here because blessings on Solomon still the blessing is persevering beyond earning it as it always does God's more faithful than we're unfaithful in every situation but the the cracks are starting to show more and more um, and in the next chapter where it's really going to just expose Solomon's heart being turned away from the Lord through his wives but we see in his business trading here that his wisdom and his business are being really intermixed and it's including him amassing a, a major fortune to himself which he was forbidden from doing and so this is going to catch up with him so it god be praised and solomon be warned that is the summary of the chapter of first kings number 10 and may we all not let the blessings of the Lord cause us to drop our guard from guarding our hearts against temptations away from the Lord. We just need to stay close to Jesus. He's our king. He's our Lord. You know, we could become richer than Solomon and our lives could be ruined. We need our Jesus. We need to be faithful to him. And a huge part of that is just meditating on his faithfulness to us, that whether we're rich or poor, things going up and down, whatever inflation is doing, uh, we have 
Jesus, praise be. We don't we don't actually need nothing from nobody. Somebody said before. We have Jesus, and may our hearts be totally turned to Him, as His heart is totally turned to us through the gospel, through His death and resurrection. And may we be able to be wise in the Lord and not be uh, suckered by the lies of the world. In Jesus' name, be blessed, everybody.